Color Nerds Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm joined by the other nerds, Christina. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. Frizza has been stricken down this week, as you might have heard from the beginning of last week. Normally, we would just pick up her books, but Star Wars. Some <laughs> people have to see it again. Or for the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, my first time is Tuesday. Yeah. I specifically took time off for it. I, I used my diversity day, the day that they announced the opening, uh, when it was coming out, I took that day off. So I took a day off for it, too. Excellent. Well, together, we are going to take on this week's comics. Each week, we read a variety of comics and then gather here to discuss them. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. However, there will be no spoilers for Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Available at any theater you want, especially IMAX. If you don't want to hear spoilers, take a break now, go read your week's books, watch Star Wars, then come back. Each week, one of us picks our favorite book of the week. That's our pick of the week. And this week, I'm that Murd. And this week, the pick of the week goes to Lucifer Number 1. Lucifer Number 1 is put out by Vertigo Comics, written by Holly Black and art by League Bray. I picked this book because I actually saw the... Uh, the Lucifer pilot, and I read the original series. I don't know if it was the original one or a previous one that was done by Vertigo in, I want to say, the late 90s, early 2000s. Sounds right. Uh, yeah, Lucifer is a spinoff book from Sandman. Um, and from that, uh, it's you know it's not really a, that popular of a book. It's Not, not many people have read it. Uh, it's, it's pretty long. Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, what is the name? Uh, Ryan, you read it. Uh, the, origi- the previous series or this about- issue? Uh, the, no, the the original uh series that it was from. Are you talking about the first appears in? No, 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 no. What's that other book that Lucifer uh, first appeared in? I, I don't know. Uh, the Bible. Oh, 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 cool. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean that book? That book does not doesn't have any good pictures though. Yeah, not not any good pictures. This book, however, had excellent pictures. I like the art in this one. Uh, It fits in kind of perfectly with Lucifer. This Lucifer is the... uh, One thing that I've noticed that New 52 really likes to do is they kind of like to go along with the DC Cinematic Universe, or perhaps the DC Cinematic Universe is going along with the New 52, or perhaps they just kind of revolve around each other oddly this one seems to be completely ignoring the tv show because the tv show is kind of a police procedural that just happens to have uh you know the 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 day bringer um so it basically follows the uh the story of uh, lucifer morningstar who is living on earth uh he had disappeared and he's come back uh, much to everybody's chagrin, he's got a stab in his side, which um, he didn't have stabs on his hands, 
But I found it funny that the place on his side is the same place that uh, I think Jesus gets speared. With, yeah, uh, he's up on the cross. Yeah, with the, for the stigmata. Uh, the stigmata, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The stigmata is the hands, uh, the crown, and the stab in the side from the from the spear. Yeah, um, and the the basic story is you know there's kind of a murder mystery going on. Uh, the angels, uh, well, the archangels in heaven have found that God is dead, uh, and no one cares except for them. Well, no one knows um, except for them. They're keeping it a secret. No, it's it's a nine-inch nail lyric. Your God is dead, and no one cares. So this is if really there is 90s. a hell, I'll take you there. <laughs> huh? Said so, so. This is really nineties. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> I also do the eighties. We'll be here a week. Thanks. Tip your waitress. Um. The what? So tip your waitress. Yeah, tip your waitresses. Um. <laughs> so he's basically back at the Lux, which is his uh, his nightclub. Um. We. It's it's when you see kind of. Like there's demons everywhere with people just kind of partying, partying, partying out, um, and then uh, we keep switching back and forth between the you know the archangels are coming to find Gabriel, who uh, got screwed over in a Constantine book, uh, as we read in the kind of sidelines. They mentioned the magician and the um, woman with wings, or witch with wings. Can't remember. The Batwing uh, lady. Batwing lady. In Hellblazer yeah. sixty six. Hellblazers, it's ironic number. Um, but uh, they talk about the you know kind of throwback to previous series of years gone. That well, this is a Vertigo book, so I guess it doesn't really care about the New Fifty Two. No, no, it's not tied into the New Fifty Two. At least there's some remnants of sanity left in the universe. <laughs> um, so it basically, it's just kind of kicking off the the murder mystery, and Gabriel goes after Lucifer because obviously, let's go after the obvious. Who's gonna kill God? Hmm. Well, I mean, Lucifer think. brings that point up, you know that nobody's he's... going to kill him but me. Yeah. 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 He's my father too. Yeah. Yep. Besides, if anybody was going to kill him, it would be me. Yeah. <sighs> he's such a bastard. <laughs> You gotta love him. Um, this this book is very but, Vertigo '90s, very much so. Yes, it is. Whether I that's good or bad it's... for you, mm, will depend. But so, what did you think about it? Is it good for you? Uh, there, there were overall, I was pretty neutral on the book. Um, there are there's there's a panel in the very beginning where like Lucifer comes to L.A., so his you know influence is spreading out, and you see these kids like robbing a candy store with like super soakers filled with bleach um to like shooting people's eyes if they mess with them i i enjoyed that um a lot (laughs) i enjoyed it when the children were shooting bleach in people's eyes i I liked it his like malevolent influences you know encouraging people to their like darker impulses um i like the thing with uh, the sharks near the uh the water and they're like are those dolphins (laughs) that was awesome no they're not um I also liked uh, when the the angels came down uh, and the one with like the peacock wings, um, yeah. like a mortal like took one of his feathers and then gives it to his, I guess it's his girlfriend, and she like puts it in her hair. I liked that little touch um, a lot. Other than that, um, I also liked the little um, cat servant uh, guy. I thought that was a cool character design. He's only in like one panel or maybe a yeah. quick, like, a page, 
but I liked that uh, that design. But overall, um, it's to me very very '90s Vertigo, um, which I enjoyed '90s Vertigo when it was out. Um, but I think yeah. I, I just wanted you to say I enjoyed '90s Vertigo in the '90s. <laughs> kind of, but it's not bad. Um, if you no, but I, honestly, a lot of our image is '90s Vertigo. You mean stuff from image a lot box? of the stuff we get away with oh. is is very '90s Vertigo inspired. Yes, absolutely. Not get away with the, a lot of the stuff that we like and we're constantly picking for, our, you know, number ones. Would have. Been. <laughs> oh yes. Well, that's what Vertigo. I mean, Vertigo served its its purpose to kind of like that and really not Image so much because when Image first came out, they were still all superhero books. They were you know the extreme superheroes you know with belt pouches and you know. It was 90s Marvel and 90s DC. Yeah, but Vertigo really is what kind of pushed that envelope into American comics can be more. You can have stories that are not, you know, people in tights punching each other in the face. Um, So we owe, there's homage to them. But there there are Vertigo books that are out right now that take that and are amazing. Like Clean Room, spectacular. Mm -hmm. Love that book. And that's from Vertigo, you know, but that doesn't feel like it's from the 90s. Whereas this one to me feels like it is, it is definitely from the nineties. It even looks like it's set in the nineties. I mean, it says 2015, but it looks very nineties. Just the look, even the car looks like nineties, like douchebag car that he's driving. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what you're going for with Lucifer. Like that throwback. I mean, he's a very nineties character. Yeah. I mean, this to me feels like it's a continuation of the previous like plot line. Like it's not a relaunch so much. As if you right. read all the previous stuff from Lucifer, you know, had to wait however many years it was and then pick this up. This is that story going forward. Um, it's not I like a new, that. it doesn't feel very new to me. No, but I don't think you could really do a modern Vertigo book with Lucifer. I don't know. He's not that kind of character. I mean, they're they're kind of going deconstructive and, and really introspective with the newer stuff, right? So, like, um, you mentioned the white, the clean room. Yeah. Um, that's not anything like what Vertigo or what Lucifer would have been. It's probably what it should be, but it's way fucked up more. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And Lucifer kind of skirts that that DC world, right? I mean, yeah, because there's crossover like Constantine and things like that, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's the. Uh, I liked it, but I, I kind of like the source material it, it is continuing off of. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big '90s Vertigo fan. Right. You're right. It's more nostalgia than anything else. For us old fogies. <laughs> yeah, but if you like it, though, I mean, it does things well, you know. Yeah. But it's just not. I think my. It's not innovative. My, my taste, you know. It was okay. I just didn't feel like it hit enough like notes to make me want to continue. Like, yes, he's back. Yes, God is dead. But I don't know. It just didn't. I, I need procedural. Yeah, I like books that. I mean, yes, they have like a plot and whatever, but they're more about things that they're more more behind them. Which you would mm-hmm. think a book about Lucifer would have lots of like commentary on social or political or like religious 
things that are happening, you know, or be more than about what's on the page. And this one, I didn't, I didn't get that from this. Mm. But, you know, if you like Lucifer, if you like 90s uh, Vertigo, um, you know, go, go and read this. You'll get exactly what you want from it. Okay. Um, speaking of things that you want, uh, Christina, you had a book? Yes. Um, well, I'm going to use the original title. Fuck Fairyland, number three, Image Comics, written by Scotty Young, art by Scotty Young, and Jean Francis Bidou. Close enough, probably, to the pronunciation. Um, so, <laughs> yet again... Jean-François uh, Bellu. I can't do French. I can do German, which is just harsh and angry. Um, <laughs> Not a lot so, of... Jean-François Bellu. Yeah, just angry, just yelling. Um <laughs> Which would go, go great with this book, because Gertie is, you know, absolutely crazy and yelling and all that good stuff. Um, so at the end of uh, issue two, we left Gertie where she was going to uh, be attacked by zombie fawns in a, uh, in a town. And so we pick right back up there, and she has destroyed all the zombie fawns um, with her awesome trusty axe. Uh, my favorite part is where she's singing where it, and I almost, I just want to hear it set to the tune of it's always, you know, always look on the bright side. Cause she starts it, but Hey, let's look on the bright side instead. So I really felt that I was like, that was a nice, maybe, and it probably isn't a nod to Monty Python, um, which I appreciate. Uh, and then her, her taking out the, making sure that everybody's dead. They're, they're using their, I guess, you know, <laughs> Larry has this bag of tricks, and so I guess they just randomly pull out a dragon, because why not? And just pour... I, I feel so bad for the narrator's guild in this book. <laughs> they just get murdered left and right. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's like, and it was horrible. He's like, oh, I thought he was a zombie. My bad. My bad. My bad. Oops! But I love that when she's walking away from the, the fly, you know, the flame, and she's like, literally, like, she's like, Larry, bitch, you're killing my vibe. Like I'm just walking slow, slow mo, away from the from fire, an explosion. Yeah. from an explosion, with my axe, shitting grin on my face. Guys, don't look at explosions. Oh, just I, I love the imagery. Is just it's hilarious. I mean, everything that is drawn is interesting, funny. Um, the next, you know, the next scene is is the queen. Going to basically the elders trying to figure out a way to get rid of <laughs> Gertie. And I love all the characters. I freaking love the soft serve. The soft serve characters. I like characters. the pair in like the tuxedo. Yeah. 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 Just the <laughs> random. Yeah, they're the council of elders, but they're just so freaking random. The clock, which kind of looks, kind of makes me think of like Beauty and the Beast kind of clock. Cogsworth, where it's like, but she's like an evil, which looks like an evil clock. Um, and the monster with the horns and the stripes kind of looks very uh, Monsters Inc., but also kind of like Sesame Streety. Yeah. Or Muppet. I love. Yeah, I loved Muppet, all the. I love yeah. all the characters. Um, so she yeah. comes up with this this concept of and the mushroom dude. Um, she comes up with this concept of that you know we'll just invite someone new to Fairyland and they'll kill you know they'll they'll find the key they'll get out. And then by at that point, if there's somebody else who finds the key and gets out, then Gertie is now a citizen of Fairyland, and she cannot leave, and then she's mine, basically. Her. Yeah, we can yeah, kill which her. I didn't really understand that logic. 
I, well, I, think I, because... I don't either, but I'm guessing. So my, I think my no understanding longer... is because she didn't complete the quest that she's not, that the gate is open again and now she's a resident there. Yeah, she you can't know? leave, basically. She's, somebody else got out, she, she didn't, she can't leave. Now owned by Fairyland, I guess. Um, so she's come up with this genius, this genius idea, uh, which will be later in the book, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into. Um, then we go back to Gertie, attacking a polka, a polka corn, polka corn, freaking half centaur, half polka dots, <laughs> half unicorn. With a unicorn. Unicorn. Yeah, well, no, it's an alicorn. So weird. <laughs> I, it's yeah. hilarious. Just freaking hilarious. And she, in her, in her fleeing after shooting his horn off, uh, basically falls down like, just like like a giant, I guess, cavern, whatever, just falls down onto the ground and is like out. Gertie's out. And the next several panels I crack love, my I shit love. up. This, this is the best part. Larry just there under the leaves and he gets the idea, I'm going to build a house. I'm going to now find... He, it goes through like several, like it's like raining and then it's like snowing and then he... He has a family. Yeah, he, yeah, family. he finds a lady. Yeah. She leaves the, him. He burns the he house burns down. down the house. Burns the fucker to the ground. Drink, starts firing drunk, his gun in the air. Yeah. <laughs> drunk. And all of a sudden, both of them get waking out of their stupor about uh, by Happy, which is the sweet, of course, the absolute sweetest little girl, just like how Gertie was when she came to Fairyland. And so she's like, adorable. oh, oh my God. Like, just ridiculously adorable. adorable she really adorable. looks like she's from, like, Powerpuff Girls. That's really what she looks yes. like to me. Yeah, she's got that, cute, like, cute hair and just all the giant big eyes. And she's so sweet. And she, kids have, yeah. Yeah, and so she's telling Gertie that she's like, I'm here to find the key and get out, and I get to go home. And Gertie's like, uh, no. Uh, hello? No. <laughs> I love that she's like, you must have been here forever to catch up with me on my yeah. quest. She's like, yeah, since the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole day. It's been almost a whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can, you can hear it. Like, her voice is, like, super sweet and saccharine. Um, yes. And so, of course, Gertie's like, uh, no, you're not. And then she charges with her uh, her lovely battle axe. And what I can only describe as the straight-up Care Bear stare that comes out of yes. Happy's to take her out. Oh, it was like, that was straight-up Care Bear stare. Care Bear stare, like, cannon blast. <laughs> yes. Um, and that, that actually, yeah. that is kind of the, the finale as we see Gertie, like, shot through the forest and, like, in a billion pieces. I love the so, scene where she's like leaving, where she's like "bye now," and then it's like "boing yeah. boing boing," and she like hops away. Reminds me so much of uh, like Animaniacs with uh, yes, with it uh, buttons and Indy. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking Animaniacs, a little red and stimpy, just all of that that genre of comics where it was super like violent but hilarious, which yes. is what we all kind of grew up on. Which I don't even know if they're allowed to do that anymore. Uh, but I, I, hilarious yet again. I love at the end. There's a little. Scotty's notes were saying, you know, we all know in comics there's there's no coming back from the dead. Never, ever, 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 especially in the very real world of Fairyland. Rest in peace, Gert. So I'm sure it's not the end of Gert. Oh, I'm um, sure. But man, that is a brutal <laughs> drawing oh, of her. That absolutely. Care Bear stare, 
Oh my god. That was bad. <laughs> and why does she get a power? I mean, what does Gertie have a power? Because they want Gert to get killed. Great, but that's bullshit. <laughs> okay, nobody said Fairyland was fair. Wait. <laughs> so yeah, uh, either they gave her the Care Bear's care, or just like she's picked up like dragons and magic axes and stuff because she's done the quest right. Maybe she's yeah. you know gotten powers that Gert should have had if she had actually done her quest instead of like getting high and murdering people basically but i can't imagine that gert didn't do that the first time she's not very good at figuring yeah. things out though no she just takes she's she's she Valid. takes the vi- she takes violence first it's like i'm gonna punch you first and then i'll figure it out later she's she's like that which is very me sometimes so i uh <laughs> i uh <laughs> You're like, <laughs> which I can't blame her. <laughs> I like her for that reason. Uh, I, I, it's, it's Scotty Young. I, I love it. I love his crazy hilarity of just it's seriously like slapsticky, kind of foul humor. Um, so yeah, he as long as he keeps writing it, I'm I'm in, and, and pretty much anything he writes, I love. So he's my guy. He's my homeboy. For sure. I had uh, one of my uh, my homegirl, Miss Marvel. Miss <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marvel number two uh, from Marvel Comics, uh, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Takeshi Miyazawa. I think yeah. I'm saying that right. Probably yeah. murdering it. But... No, that right. was good. Um, so this one, um, I love Miss Marvel. Um, if there's any book that I am, just like I think you with Scotty Young, uh, mm-hmm. I am the same way with Miss Marvel. Uh, I love Kamala Khan to, to all. There's no end for my love for her. Um, I I really like this Can this book. Can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> uh, I like uh, in this book. Um, I mean, plot wise, we have her. There's this uh, redevelopment um, that's taking place in her hometown. Um, that they're like using her her image basically without her permission, and the the community is turning on her, and she's trying to figure out what's going on um and she has you know lots of you know adventures and you know twists and turns and in, in discovering that it's really um basically a plot from hydra um to yeah that was everyone. awesome yeah. wait yeah H-I-D-A. where they spell out the acronym oh, like, oh, oh, yeah you fuckers <laughs> There's a lot of things that I, I really like about this. I mean, this one, it's really, when I talk about, I like books that are about more that's on the page. Like this one to me is like a, a commentary kind of on like fame and then your like responsibility to the community to represent mm-hmm. them. And then as you get more famous, like th- that distance between you and your people, you know, basically um, like G, G Willow Wilson, um, she's writing Miss Marvel, who's uh a Muslim and G Willow Wilson is also um, a Muslim. So I think that there's probably people in the, you know, the community for her that are telling her that she's, you know, she's sold out or these kind of things. And this is her, her response to that. Um, so I think that that is interesting to, to me. Um, I like that there, that this book is not just like a book with diversity in it, but in the, you know, quote, like diversity quota that maybe Marvel is filling, there's a lot of diversity within that. Like there's, there's more than one female character in here. 
and they don't all think the same. There's more than one uh, like Islamic uh, character in here, and they don't all think the same. You know, like there's there's a widespread of beliefs uh, in here. They're not just you know we check that box, so we don't need to have more than just oh you know Kamala is Islamic, so she's the only Islamic character we need. You know, she has her entire family. She has her brother. Well, no, no, friend. you're wrong. We check the box off. We don't need any more. Okay. No, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Now we need to have uh, a Buddhist, uh, preferably from uh, some other country. Some, some guy named Iron Fist. Uh, some, no. Uh, uh, somebody from, I don't know, one of those African countries. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a South American. Uh, sure. Okay. Um, uh, you know, we've got to have this, you know, we've got to have, uh, you know, uh, one of everything. Well, it's I a think... collector's thing. I'm I mocking think... 90s stuff. All right. It always seemed like we need to diversify. Okay, well, let me check off the list. No. You're well, right. This is, this is the opposite of that, I think, that you're getting yeah. characters who are more than just the box that they they fulfill in that. They're not poking. Um, no, not at all. Like you have, like the thing that I really like too is you have um, Kamala's family, um, who are very true to their their beliefs, um, but they it's like an actual functioning family, you know that they they care about each other um, and they support each other and they like they need each other for different things, um, and they're never like they all like her mother knows that she's Miss Marvel. She you know talked about that in like the last. Miss Marvel series, and in this one, she's kind of giving her, you know, the advice about what it actually means to be a hero. That if you don't have the support of the people with you, that you're not a hero anymore. Um, like they have a line, like where she's telling her that, and she's like, "Please, please don't say villain," <laughs> you know. And she's like, "No, you would just become a fool who's wasted their life." You know. I love that, and I love that they actually use their language because that is totally how like people talk as well. They'll talk go in English and back and forth. So I love that we get some of those words. So we yeah, actually I don't know, know what the Arabic, version of, the Arabic version of Spanglish is, but yeah. there's, there's plenty of times where they slip into, into mm-hmm. Arabic. You know? When I think that there's like a word that either doesn't really translate well into English or is just better for expressing that, yeah. they'll use it. Um, but I, I really like that. Um, I like that her brother, um, you know, needs her to, uh, you know, chaperone him when he goes to meet his girlfriend and then her girlfriend was kind of, his girlfriend is, uh, although he insists it's not his girlfriend, that they're just meeting to get right. together to discuss mutual interests and possible marriage, but they're not, it's not his girlfriend. Cause it would be improper to have a, a girlfriend, you know? Um, and then she makes some like Dune references. So she's like, not, I mean, she's religious obviously, but she's not like cloistered away from the, the world, you know, that she's still, is involved in the, the world. Um, I like that. Um, I like the, the art. There's like one panel where she's like sneaking into the house. So she like takes off her shoes and she's walking in with the shoes in her hand. And her mother is like sitting in the kitchen, basically drinking like coffee or tea or whatever, waiting for her to come home and says something to her in that moment, like of surprise. I love that panel. I think it's a, a great panel for showing um, reactions from, from oh, yeah. So. I, I really dig Miss Marvel. I really, really liked it. Um, I think it goes beyond the 90s uh, checkbox, you know, of diversity that you need, that you have 
multiple examples uh, in the book and that they are all have their own thoughts and opinions um, and are all all different from each other. So I really I really like that. I like the you know kind of the tie-in with Hydra, but she still seems to be this is a Jersey City problem. This isn't you know calling the Avengers problem. Um, so I like that they're keeping the Miss Marvel book still set in the in her small little world. You know. Yeah, that was one thing I was worried about after the secret stuff uh, was they're gonna kind of end that. Um, but it seems like they're still keeping that same. I don't want to call it a formula because that kind of detracts away from things when you say it's formulaic. But, I mean, everything has a formula. Um, and I'm glad that they're kind of keeping to what makes Ms. Marvel a fantastic freaking book. Yes. I mean, her her focus is really – she's much more like a street-level hero, like a, like a Daredevil or, or something. I don't even like saying the street-level hero thing. She's just – she's Ms. Marvel. Well, and I, I think she – her community, her home is what – you know, what her stories are about, you know? Right. But when you end up saying like street level hero, you're like, well, they're a street level hero and they're grim and gritty. And uh... there's just, there's certain things that come along with calling somebody a street level hero. True, true. She's like a local and hero. And she transcends that. She's a local hero, a homegrown hero. She, yeah. A local hero is good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that last panel where it's uh this just got real. Yeah. Like I know they didn't actually say shit just got real, but that is exactly yeah. what that look on her face. Exactly. That's yeah. the I mean Miss Marvel is it's almost like the best kind of fan book you could think of. It's like a a fan who like really loves the genre. Right. Is doing something that they're putting themselves into. Well, and Miss Marvel is kind of she'll make commentary as like the plot progresses, like, oh, this is the part of the story where I get knocked out and held you know prisoner in the warehouse like she knows because like kamala loves superheroes and every every nerdy thing kamala loves them like when we first wait wait. did you just quote dune (laughs) yeah marry my brother (laughs) exactly and like that was awesome um like marvel superheroes like mmos and she she loves all of that stuff you know so she when those things happen to her she recognizes them like it's not quite a like Howard the Duck or like Deadpool aware of the trope. She just, she knows this is how things typically happen. You know, I don't think she actually breaks the fourth wall. Like that's not her like Deadpool power, but she, she is aware of the, these things, how they play out. And I think that's just because of her interest before she was a superhero, you know, that she, she knows what's going on. So I, I really enjoy her. I think it is a, a great book. Um, it's got lots of cool superhero action. It's got lots of good writing and character development. And I just, I really, really like this book. Mm. I encourage people to, to read it. If you haven't read the previous Miss Marvel series, you certainly can pick up with, you know, with this run. It's not, it doesn't actually reference anything in the past. The past just gives you more of this, you know. If you don't like it, read it again. Read it until you <laughs> like it. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, try again. You're heartless. <laughs> monsters. Speaking of monsters, monsters, Christina. Yes. You had a pretty wicked book. I did. The Wicked and Divine, issue 17 by Image Comics, written by Karen Gillian, art by Jamie McKelvey, and also Brandon Graham, um, who does The Island, which I actually thoroughly enjoy. So I, I thoroughly enjoy the artwork on this book um, because it's very, very different than 
everything they've kind of done and they've even some of their um artists are he's very different uh so this whole issue is about sekhmet um this the cat goddess who we come to find out she pretty much drinks and sleeps all day that's kind of all all she actually does um we find out why she does that yes we do (laughs) (laughs) basically they, they have to keep her drunk all day um, to keep her out of trouble because uh, she's straight up killer. <laughs> she will kill and eat people. Uh, <laughs> the scene, the black, the black, very much too. like a cat. Yeah. yeah. She'd be like, I'll eat a bitch. Yeah. She will straight up eat a bitch. Um, I don't, who, we don't, we don't know who she ate, do we? I could not figure it out, but it was somebody. Yeah, I thought it was the, because uh, I thought, maybe the, I read it wrong. I thought she was it? having an interview. Yeah. I, I thought th- she ate the interviewer. That's what I think she did. But she went and found him. It wasn't like she wasn't. Well, yeah, there. after she sobered up. Yeah. As soon as she sobered up, she went and found him, ate him. And Woden and his Valkyries tried to come in and was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, what did you do? Yeah. And they're all. It's, he's yelling at them. Like, she can't leave her. She, you can't leave her alone, when, especially when she's sober. <laughs> oh, man. She is. We don't. We didn't, haven't seen much of her at all, except for this book. I like the standalone issues though, because we find out so much more about the characters. Because some of the characters, I feel like they're kind of like left aside to figure. You know, we don't totally know. We know what god they are, so we kind of have no idea who they're, but not so much until now. Right. So that's one of the things that I kind of enjoy about this. Um, is that it's it, it's very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's that is Sekhmet. Yeah. Like the goddess, she's the justice of the desert, basically. So she's the sandstorms, the death, and everything that the desert brings. Oh yeah. Um, and she was Ra's weapon. Yeah, she was. Like she's a lion. Of war. The what? She was of war. Yeah. Well, among other things, it's yeah. really hard to tie them into that because Egypt didn't really have a, well, this is the god of such and such. Yeah, That's but it was like... The, things have kind of like been applied in the last couple hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, like, the, they, uh, the, I, the annoying thing is, I was reading the book and I was like, I don't know that I like this art, mm-hmm. but I can't picture any other art for this story. No, it kind of works. It, it really does. I love the scene, the big panel of where she's like singing and all of these cats, like these, and like, I don't know if they're supposed to be actual cats or if they're just like inflatable cats, but they're like all over, like all over the scene and it's all red. And it's funny is there's a, there's a image of um, divine in there, the drag queen divine, which I thought was mm-hmm. awesome. I was like, that's just a little yeah. fun placement in there. It's like a little Easter egg. But yeah, I right. art works for this. Um, the last page um, was was done by um, McKelvey. Uh, not throw anybody off. Are we going back in time? What's that? Oh, with the the different Persephone. artwork, you mean? Or yeah, no, no, no. picture. There's Persephone you're, you're live. You're out. I can't hear you very well. Persephone live. Sorry, I think I put something over my my ear. Um, I was trying to say it was the last Gremlins. the last page of that was done by McKelvey. Um, Persephone's dead. 
Yeah, Persephone is dead. Yeah. Ironically. Yeah, so how is she going to perform live? She ate some pomegranate seeds. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of fun. I was like, wait a minute. Because I read it, I like read it all. Wait a minute. She's dead. She's dead. So I'm I'm curious to see. But it's funny because it that the page before it says the inevitable cliffhanger. So. Bum, bum, bum. Dun dun dun. So it was kind of fun. And I think unfortunately I think we have to wait like quite a while for the next book. What? Well, actually, yeah. you know what? Oh. It lists the dates of everything. Um, yeah. In the. So you would have to go back and look at like, fifteen or sixteen. Uh, see mm-hmm. what the actual dates were. Because this yeah. is like September 9th that this is all. Yeah, happened. the issue that she died in was 11, so I'm gonna have to go hunt back and and fi- figure it out, figure out what the date was. Because oh could no, be wait, one. okay. So We're jumping the lost time. cat. That's jet. That's jet. That's 2010. That yeah. The story is taking place. Now we're jumping. So there is some time stuff that's going on here. Yeah. Cause yeah, January 2010 is the cat, but then this page is from 2014. Yes. So. Yeah, so we'll have to, yeah, we got to figure out where in time this all yeah. is going. We need flow charts and diagrams. Seriously, Seriously. <laughs> like with, in East and West, remember that like one issue where it like explains everything? I need one of those. I need that. Yes. Somebody make that. Yep. And I know you guys aren't exactly. interested, but I totally ordered the, the uh, Espionage Comics Wicked and Divine Nail Wraps. How are we not interested? I don't know. Do you that sounds it? cool. I have the sex criminals ones too, and the bitch ones, and so now I have the wicked ones on order. Don't you have the, the is, too? Are you gonna use them? Yeah, I ordered two yeah. packs. Then they're destroyed. Ah, they're not collectors. <laughs> Did you see that? I think it was Saturday Night Live skit. Oh, with, with the, the Star Wars, Star Wars uh, collectibles. Oh, I didn't yes. watch the whole. <laughs> half of it. So fucking awesome. Oh, it's it's pretty. It's so it's accurate. So, it's so spot on. <laughs> that it, have adventures. And keep some to put yeah. on the wall. Have you seen the commercial? Three. Have you seen the commercial with the dad who won't let his kid touch the um, mac and cheese packs, the Star Wars mac and cheese packs? Have you seen that commercial? Uh, I have not no. seen mac and cheese one. Oh, there was a, there was a toy one. It's pretty fantastic. He's got all these toys and like they're all oh. it's like a collector. And then the kid gets to the mac and cheese and he's like, no, 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 you can't have those. Sorry, like none of the toys are available to him, nor the mac and cheese, which is blind blowing. <laughs> Like, well, it's cheese? funny, like, in the, oh, the okay. sketch, you know, they, they get the toys, and all the kids are like, yeah, we get to play with it. And then, like, the adults take it over to, like, the hermetically sealed, like, glass case and put it in their <laughs> so cool. yeah. no. See? Isn't that great? <laughs> or when they have the Millennium Falcon that they're playing with, he's like, no, no, it makes, it goes like this. It doesn't this. land like this. <laughs> yeah. So cool. It's totally so spot on and accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. So, Matt, you would say you do both the 80s and the 90s for your, which brings us to your next book. Speaking of the 80s and the 90s, <laughs> and, and even in today, because I still make some books, uh, my next pick was Judge Dread number one, uh, put up by IDW, written by Ulysses Fairness, which is the fucking coolest name. <laughs> uh, art by uh, Eric Freites and Dan McDade. Um, I started off looking at this, the, the cover and I was like, is that a quietly cover? But it didn't, it wasn't. Um, but it's a very good impression of a quietly cover. 
the book is basically Dread wakes up in a grassy field. Um, basically, and he's like, what the hell's going on? And the whole rest of the book is him trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. It's got your standard level of Judge Dredd uh, violence and uh, the ultimate of dystopia. I, I think Dredd is, other than just like total entropy, Dredd has to be the worst outlook for the future ever. <laughs> it's like, I the good guys are bad guys. And uh, yeah, uh, humanity quote-unquote survives. Uh, but uh, just as a series of useless dredges. Um, so he's basically wakes up in the said grassy field, and it, I'm thinking something happened, and that entire city block got thrown into the future. Or just he got thrown into the future. Um, but I can't see any other reason why that block would be there and everything else wouldn't be. So I'm thinking he got thrown into the future, and he got thrown even further into the future. And this is what happens after Mega City One falls, right? Uh, so it, it's a good little kickoff thing. Um, again, um, since you you like berating '90s things, it's a very classic Judge Dredd story. See. Um, if you read the little thing at the end, they're talking about how they're a huge fan of Commandy. Yeah, I I felt the love that they had for Judge Dredd in this this book. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, and this one, I actually it's a like. Fresh dread a story. Yeah, I like it a lot more because it's taking the character and doing. It feels, you know, new what they're doing. Um, but still, it's not just dread know. riding through Mega City One shooting things. Yeah, it's him walking through the future of Mega City One shooting things. Yes, <laughs> with adorable <laughs> monstrous children sidekicks. Yes. Oh, those children are horrible. I like eyeballs. Yeah, ew. They, they remind me of the next book we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, Sorry, yeah. he likes eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am not familiar with Jed Dredd at all. I Have you seen either of the movies? No. Okay, don't watch the first one. Okay, yeah. Uh, unless you just... See, here's the annoying thing. The Stallone Dread looks just like Judge Dredd. Yeah. Obvious that all they did was look at pictures of Judge Dredd. Right, because... The story and the character not yet. Yeah, the story is like the... It's like... It's like Fifty Shades of Grey for Judge Dredd. It's like... It's fan fiction for you Judge really, Dredd? It, yeah, it seems like fan fiction for Judge Dredd, but like filtered through the eyes of Americans. Mm-hmm. And Sylvester Stallone. Gotcha. It's, very it's like, hey, here's some really cool imagery. And this is, in general, what it's about. Yeah, it's like, of... if, like if instead of reading a Judge Dredd comic, you had read, like, the Cliff Notes for a Judge Dredd book. Oh, yes. And we're trying to bullshit your way through, like, an English essay, where instead of using, like, the proper names of people, you're like, the woman did this, you know? Yep. That I'm level of understanding. Oh, 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 I know. And let's put Rob Schneider in it. Because, <laughs> I mean, the, characters... Go ahead. I was going to say, but the remake of it um, is a much better movie. But didn't look like it. It doesn't, yeah. So it, it, like it had the feel of Judge Dredd. Gotcha. But the one with uh, uh, Yomer. Yeah. What's his name? Urban. Keith Urban. Uh, yeah. Bones. Yes. Keith Urban. That was fantastic. That whole thing was Judge Dredd, except how it looked. Hmm. It was like a modernized 
costumes for Judge Dredd. Gotcha. Where they tried to make them maybe a little bit more realistic. If you took the costumes from the Stallone movie and you put them onto the other one, you would literally have the book on screen. Yes. So I like they, in this one so, how they make fun of his shoulder pads. <laughs> they, yeah, that was they, awesome. They each half of it right is what you're saying. So Yeah, they each got half right. But the second one, mm-hmm. you, because the story was so spot on, you didn't mind. Well, and, and it's not like they changed the costumes too damn much. They just tried to make it a little... It kind of X-Men-y. Like the original X-Men movie, how they're like, well, nobody's going to wear yellow spandex. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of did that, but they didn't take it that negatively far. I would give it So it, it's like, let's make these costumes. We're going to get them kind of close, but the real ones are kind of a little silly. So we're going to make so a little let's more not do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this one, like, I mean, I've read a few Judge Dread comics in my my life. I wouldn't say I'm a a huge fan or, you know, have like collected editions or anything like that. But um, this felt right to me. Yeah this this book feels just like picking up a Judge Dread book in 2080. Yes. It, it was really good. Yeah, I I really I felt there was like a sense of like a, a new energy uh, to it. Like the people, and if you read like their little interviews in the, the back where they're talking about it, they clearly love Judge Dredd, you know. And Commandy. Yeah. And they're doing, you know, they're doing something different with it, but it's still, it feels like this story belongs in that universe. Mm-hmm. I can totally see this happening in Dredd's universe. Yes. And if you've never read uh, Judge Dredd before, I think uh, this book is funny. Um it has, you know, and easy for Americans to pick up. Yeah. So you, yeah. Uh, Christina, you'd said you'd never read uh, Judge Dredd before this. No. So no. You're kind uh, of I, who this is aimed at, I think. Yeah, I couldn't really. I mean, I'm not. Into, I need. To, I think I need to read it again. I was kind of confused by a lot of things because I don't know who he is. I mean, I generally know what he is, but I'm. I, I'm guessing he's he's like a RoboCop kind of thing. Is my no? He's no. human. Well, he's human. He's a human. Yes. But he's just an emotionless killing machine. Yes, yeah, see, I didn't. He's I didn't what they know wanted. He's what they wanted RoboCop to be. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But I, unfortunately, Frank Miller wrote it, and well. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sorry. Did I badmouth the Miller again? You did. Again. Yeah. It's it's a hobby. I think we should just make uh, a list of like top ten creators, writers, artists of all time, or whatever, and just have just Matt play hates. the dozens on each of them. You know. <laughs> Seriously. Our top ten that Next pisses week. off and why? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we could make that special. Yeah, but I I like this book. Um, I think if you've never read Judge Dredd before, you should definitely check this one out. Um, and you will probably be surprised at what you get. Yeah, Did it was pretty goddamn good. Speaking of <laughs> the goddamn, goddamn number two from Image Comics, uh, written by Jason Aaron, uh, art by R. M. Guerra. Uh, this book, <laughs> this, I love this book so much. Um, it's the, a blend of, like, I was trying to describe it to, to someone who's, um, you know, uh, fairly, like, religious, you know? Mm. Um, <laughs> well, and I was trying to make the case that, you know, no, this book actually, no, is, I think it's, it's, my description, honestly, I describe it as not it's as not sacrilegious or anything. As, no. Or sacrilegious as you... Would, would think that they're not going for that easy route that this to me feels like they are 
there, there's, you know, they're sticking to their source material. Um, but it is some brutal, <laughs> brutal uh, stuff. The art is, is just is beautiful, though. I mean, you see images of things here that you have never seen before. Um, mainly because Noah is gathering up all the things, you know, to put them on the ark. But so there are yeah. things that don't exist anymore that you're you're seeing because he didn't put them on the ark, or they died on the. Way there. See, this is the problem. We already know the outcome of the story. We know Noah's going to win. Right? He's going to build the fucking boat. And all this is going to get wiped out. Cain's not going to die because he can't. You don't know that, though. Right. Yes, I do. And That's how, the point of Cain. How do you know but they're going to completely Cain stick to the story? Be destroyed by, by men. That's why he's No, by death. Even death can't touch Cain. That's why he's looking for the Nephilim because he thinks that they might be able to eh, he's wrong. destroy them. He might be. I, I don't know. Um, they're not gonna kill Kane. He's too badass of a fucking character. But I think that this, the world that they're showing you, just shows you the level of like sin and depravity and just completely a fucked up world that you know has got to be cleansed. You know, uh, yeah, which I find funny because you know they talk about you know like when they make like uh little, like videos and stuff like that, and and to some degree Noah was kind of like this um which i gotta wonder if that was some sort of uh inspiration for for Ke- or jason um but the um the, the they always talk about how everybody had fallen into sin and you know it was it needed to be wiped out and all that but when they do like like anything with like Noah's Ark or something like that, besides the Noah movie, it's just people being rude. Yeah. It, it it's not people being actually bad or deserving to be wiped out by a flood that covers the entire earth. It's they were rude to each other. It's like when Noah is is chopping down the tree, the tree, right? Um, and he starts listing their sins of you know like asking them, "Have you this? done these things?" That's you know, too. like have you? You know, how many people have you, you know, robbed and murdered? How many people have you raped? How many, you know, how many, eaten how much man. cannibalism have you committed? How much, you know, all of these, like, <laughs> okay. these really. I haven't eaten men, a couple of babies, maybe. Yeah, I've never eaten the flesh of a man, just babies. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, even like when that, so that one ravager that's like kind of left behind. And he's trying to explain how he's, he's not that bad that he's, you know, he's killed 11 men, which to me means that you can't count past I've 10. only killed 11 that's my favorite number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 11D. More than 10, because you got five fingers, right? On yeah. each hand, so you count to 10. Well, 11D is 110. Yeah. I guess. No, that's true, yeah. Have um, you so... not read Lord of the Rings? <laughs> um, and then, like, he tries to justify it that, you know, oh, they, they were crippled anyway, so they were going to die, so it doesn't matter that I killed them. And then he's never eaten the flesh of a man because all he's eaten is babies, which somehow is better. I don't understand. Like it's yeah. so up. Well, they're not. No, I mean, I, I can one. honestly understand that. A lot of the, the, the older viewpoint of society is that until you're a full-grown man, you don't matter. Right. And then he talks about when he's, you know, like laying with the beasts of the field. That you know, well, he killed them afterwards, and he only did it <laughs> once. Um, this is the problem with the patriarchy. The bestiality is totally fine. As long well, as, as, long as oh, you yeah. kill them afterwards, I guess. No, so you, you have to kill them and eat them, though. Is that probably? I can't imagine you would not eat them, considering right. in here they talk about. It seems like just cannibalism is just. Well, that would be wasteful. And True. I True. actually had to go back and reread the scene where, where he's talking to that guy, and it, at first it sounds like he's going to spare them, 
And then like the dogs like rip them apart. And I was confused by that. Then I went back and looked at it and there's actually like this like maggot or grub or something like that. Yeah. He was talking to the grub. He's talking to the grub like, Oh, I'm so sorry. It would have been such a shame if I had killed you. I almost overlooked you like that. I love that part. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's the bug (laughs) that he's, you know, it's the little insect larval thing that he's saving. And it's he's... the little things of earth that crawl upon the ground. Yes, every beast that creeps or crawls or flies or, you know. And then, uh, so our that's that's Noah and what he's doing in this. He's out getting, because there aren't very many trees. Like, it's this total wasteland. So he has to go to all the trees he can find and chop them down to get the wood to make the ark. Um, and then we also have Cain, who's our other uh, kind of protagonist in this. And he... Um, he meets this woman who tells him that, uh, you know, her son was taken and that that's the only thing that he loved or that she loved. And he's like, you know, I haven't heard that word in so long. I'd forgotten it existed. You know, so he's, he's still not quite motivated to actually help her though. He like, he hears that word and he runs away from it because it's, it's very dangerous. It burns his ears. Yeah. Well, he, because as he mentions, he, this world, he knows what it was like before. He knows mm-hmm. what Eden was like. Well, he actually doesn't know what Eden was like, but he knows what, um, you know, what it was like. The first when the world, city. Yeah, when the world hadn't fallen completely into Enoch. Descent, that he, yeah, Enoch is the first city. Yeah. That he, you know, was the one who actually ushered in, you know, uh, like murder and death. And he is trying very hard to, to be murdered himself, but nothing can kill him. Um, so he, this woman, he tells her, that she loves someone and he can't handle that. So he goes to run away from it uh, and he gets ambushed by these, you know, other like ravagers that are out there. Um, and he's fighting them and killing them until uh, they start losing the fight. And then they're going to turn the dogs loose on him. And to me, that was 100% not what I was expecting to happen. <laughs> and that was heartbreaking. It was so horrible. Like, I think I'm, pretty immune to like horrible images and like things like that like but this was something and then i read the goddamn yeah. then i read the goddamn and i'm like oh goddamn <laughs> this is oh jesus yeah these people are what did... horrible what did your parents do to you man yeah well where he's like you know don't don't make me do this come down here and fight me don't don't make me fight your dogs <laughs> you know which it... uh, i will not oh. spoil what they oh, actually are God. but read I the will. book Oh, it's horrible. I'm not gonna right now. Don't it's worry. horrifically good and awesome, but it's horrible. Yeah. It's it's horrifying. It is horrifying, but uh, so worth it. Yeah, it's one of those. You know, there's there's all kinds of like depravity and evil that we see, but there's a level where it kind of like stops, like a line it doesn't cross. Um, yeah, this one uh, it crosses. This one, yeah. pushes yeah. it up another notch. It pushes that line definitely. So after Kane has to uh, has to fight these things and. I think he maybe sees, I don't, I don't know what it is about that that motivates him to go back to that woman. Um, and then he starts talking to her about, you know, what did you, do you actually love, you know, your son? And, you know, she tells him that's the only thing she's ever loved. And then he basically agrees to help her uh, find this. Fine. Yeah. I'll fucking help you. Right yeah, he's not happy there. about it. Yes. This super awesome dinosaur uh those I don't know what rhinoceros that, thing. Yeah, it's yeah, the rhinoceros it's like a, it's, That's it's an weird. example of one of the things that did not make it to the ark. Yeah. There's a whole lot of things. Yeah. They're yeah. showing you every single thing that didn't make it. Yeah. 
Well, and you can see, like, when they have the caravan that Noah has with all the animals, um, you know, there are things in there that you recognize There's some things... things that you don't, you know? Yeah, and, and probably some stuff that you're happy you don't, because some of it, like, has human faces. Yeah. Which yeah, those, like... I really could do without. The, yeah. Yeah, there's Ugh. the art is really good and really disturbing. Um, it's if you, it's art that you've never seen anywhere else, um, maybe in your nightmares. Um, but Ooh. other than that, <laughs> you haven't seen it on the page. Um, the Goddamned is just—it's a very, very good book. There's super it's strong goddamn writing. Goddamn good. Goddamn it's good. Really strong writing. It goes to places that other books don't go to. Um, I really like it. Best Bible comic ever. I think it's, like, <laughs> it's accurate. It's, it's so accurate. fucking accurate. Yes. It's, it's the Bible comic you didn't know you wanted. Kinda. Exactly. Exactly. Like if this was, uh, you know, the Bible stories that I think kids had to read. Well, maybe not kids. Oh my god, it'll be good. <laughs> but just don't make me go there. <laughs> Please don't make me read the book, Daddy. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not for kids. Son, no. Very goddamn. It's Bible time. Yeah, yeah. The goddamn though is is very very good. I I really enjoy the book. Um, yeah. So uh, in a in a galaxy far far away though, other things were happening. Oh, well, yes, uh, and they're out this week though. We can't talk about them. Spoilers. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, but what we can talk about is somebody who is absent from the new movie, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And specifically Star Wars, Darth Vader, well, annual number one. Other than his burned skull and helmet, yes. I don't know, because I, I haven't seen the movie. It's in the trailers, I don't think it's a spoiler. I know, it's it's in the trailers. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything more in the trailers. His weenie descendant, or at least spiritual descendant, uh, we're I don't straying, know. We're straying from what we can talk about. Yeah. I, I'm not saying spoilers. Zip it. He's the spiritual descendant of Darth Vader. Yes, He's the dude in black with the red lightsaber. Both Christina and I have seen it and have yes. many comments for your comments, but I will not yes. say them. Yes, say I know. <laughs> this is why I'm trying to push it. You see, this is the evil episode. Oh, you're to, push <laughs> to, the, to the dark side, to the easy path. Yes. You see, we've started Lucifer, and then we, we hated Fairyland, and, and then we went wicked and divine, and we... We went into the future with Judge Thread to kill the things, and then we spoke about the goddamned, and finally we have come to this, the Lord of the Sith. I'm going to focus Which, my I'm really kind of getting sick of this fucking interlude. Can we get back to Vader down, please? I, I agree. I'm like, what the fuck happens next? This wasn't yeah, bad, it's, though. It's not this wasn't bad, bad no. Yeah. But um, it's just another... It's, not it's a, a story that I think doesn't matter. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. And I get that a lot of people think that that's what annuals are, and ultimately, they kind of seem like the Serpent Crown story, one of the greatest annual events I've ever read, didn't matter, didn't have any long-lasting effects. But this was in the 80s, when anything that happened in a comic book didn't matter to the rest of things, because they just, it was like freaking Saturday morning cartoons. It was like, here's a story, and I might refer to it. But I probably won't. Yeah, yeah, true. I Not a lot that. of continuity, and you know. I'm a huge continuity fan, right? Which is why I'm always, hey, let's reboot this universe because y'all seem to fucking forget that. Um, but this book is just—it's kind of a, a offshoot side story of more dirty work that the emperor is sending. And, and I think 
part of this might be good character building for Vader so that we understand why he, he kind of decided that he was going to rebel against the Emperor. Um, he's like in the main Vader book and in this, he's an errand boy. He yeah. literally is just out doing side quests for the fucking Emperor. He's not... I mean, honestly, I, Vader Down is doing a lot for Vader's rep, but the other Vader book and the other stuff, I mean, it, it is because it shows that Vader's like, yeah, I'll do whatever the fuck you want, you old man. Fuck you. And you I said mean, I was going to have power and I could bring back my wife and save everybody. And, and, and But the Emperor is constantly sending him to do just lame-ass shit. I do like, there is some way to use the Force in this. Um, he does have more of that use more of that creative use of the force that I like. Um, like Vader using his lightsaber to like cut the wall to make mm-hmm. a platform that he can use the force to like levitate him above the lava. You know? He's still saving the girl? I think it's because he sees the power of the dark side in her. She's, <laughs> well, You've she's, got potential to be evil. I think so because she's she's carrying out her, her father's orders, right? But it's to go murder somebody and she clearly doesn't like it so he can probably sense her like unease, like he sees, I think almost like a kindred spirit in her. Like he tells yeah. her, like you know, your father should be proud. You know, he cuts off her. You're hands. okay with being disposable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and doing horrible things. Uh, so yeah, why not? I yeah. need somebody to place here to be in control for me. And the killbots are back. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> they all Triple had- zero and BT. Well, they're not back. Well, this I think, this had to have happened before Vader down. I think so yeah. too. Yeah, but yeah. you get to see them uh, in action with their yeah. <laughs> That's fun. They beat up the other the other protocol droid. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. See, I was reminded there about the scene in Empire Strikes Back where he gets pulled where, into. Um, oh, yeah, where C three PO gets pulled into the one room, and then because I always keep wondering, and I look this up, and that's not triple zero. Um, but I was wondering, like, after they introduced Triple Zero, if that was who kind of pulled C-3PO into that room and beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. But I think they should retcon it and say that that was Triple Zero. I'd be okay <laughs> with that. that. would be awesome. Yeah. I really, um, but I did like the, just uh... like, oh, I can't torture. It's a droid. <laughs> So you're just paying circuitry before yeah. ripping it apart? Yeah. yeah. It's so it was still pain. It was still pain as I did like the box that he the whole time the Vader was carrying around the box, I was thinking yeah. about like seven. Like, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh, I thought it was a holocron. It, the box um, looks like that, but it's not. It looks like a Jedi holocron. It does. Yeah. It's like, true. Here's a piece of Aldron, just so you remember. Yeah. Don't don't forget we did this. Yeah. But the other thing is uh, another. Uh, I don't think that the the Star Wars was it Star Wars Annual with the this James Bond character, the, yeah. the spy. Yeah. I can't see how that matters for anything, but no. this one. I mean, he's going there to get ore and stuff like that, and he brings a piece of Alderaan. I bet they're getting ore for the second Death Star. Ooh, could be, could be. Because there's, there's a scene where it's like just one panel is like the Emperor's or Empire is always building. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's true. That's fine. I like I like in this one where she gets the chunk of Alderaan and she's kind mm-hmm. of holding her hand, looking at it, and she's like, well, "What's this?" You know. Yeah. And then when he tells her, she drops it in like horror. You know. Oh, um, yeah. 
And then I like that he uses the force to like move the crown over to her head. Yeah. You know? Yes. There. Now I've installed you as queen. There you go. Do what I say or die. Yeah. And then he leaves her kind of in this like destroyed throne room with everyone dead around her. He's like, don't forget who you serve, you know? Seriously. So. Uh, shit. Yeah. And then I, I kind of like the like the design of the planet remains a lot of like Mustafar, you know? Yeah, uh, that's... They said the name on the front panel. Otherwise, I would have been like, oh, it's Mustafar. Yeah. The one thing, though, I don't get... Is you, you've got these planets that are all like molten lava and stuff like this. And then you have stocked humans. I'm like, you weren't born here. And if you were born here, your, pe- or your people weren't. Well, it's like they have like almost like versions of like Cloud City above the lava, you know? Because Cloud City is on like a gas giant planet, you know? Like Bespin is. That's true. But I don't think anybody lived there. But um, it was really good. Um, and, uh, you know, a good it, little prelude for somebody to go see Star Wars. It was Again. fine. It reminded me a lot of, like, the Star Wars comics before they were must-read brilliance. You know, like, it's yeah. okay. And it's a Star Wars story that kind of doesn't matter all that much, you know. But there's yeah. still there are good moments in it. Um, so... I think that's uh, those are all the books we read. Yep. So those were the books we read this week. Uh, to read our reviews, check out our weekly pull lists and other nerd shenanigans. Go check out fourcolornerds.com or our Facebook page, Four Color Nerds. You can find the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on Podcast Addict. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to come back next week for another episode after you go watch Star Wars for the third or fourth time (laughs) and until then keep reading nerds and may the force be with you Always. always